0: I like that I'm able to get on the same page as him and understand what his version of quote unquote success is for me and him being together and building this life together.
1: It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss,
0: to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I am so excited. Do you want to know why? Because this September, HubSpot is having its annual inbound conference. You know that we are so proud to be part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. This September 5th through the 8th, HubSpot is hosting its annual inbound conference in Boston. They're bringing together so many amazing leaders across business. I'm talking sales, marketing, customer success, operations, and more. It sounds like such a great time because it will be. You're going to be wowed by the speakers. There's going to be dozens of them, but there's also going to be speakers like Reese Witherspoon and Derek Jeter. I mean, talk about wow, right? This conference is the place to be for business leaders who want to learn about the best sales strategies, marketing tactics, and strategies for growth. If you want to know how to scale your business in a sustainable way, Inbound is the place to be this September. So I love that it's both entertaining and educational, so you can have fun, but also walk away feeling like you've learned something. Plus, it's a great way in time to connect with other business leaders, business owners, and network and make some friends as well. So 100%, these tickets are going to sell out crazy fast. So visit inbound.com
1: to get your ticket today. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode. So today is going to be a fun one because we are doing some, um, and you're going to hear some of these throughout the summer, is Ask Us anything, right? So we get Mm -hmm. messages all the time in our Facebook community, on social media, on Instagram. That's just like, how, how this, how that? And so one of the things that we got and we wanted to talk about today was, um, what's it like being the breadwinner of your family? I would say it's pretty nice. Because we're both the, <laughs> we're both the breadwinners in our families, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I guess the downside for people might be that the pressure, or what what do you see as the da- the con here?
1: <laughs> this is how we're the exact opposite when it comes to money. Like, <laughs> do people even have pressure <laughs> around money? That's weird. I know. I'm trying to be like, um, it's nice. I like it. Next question. And I'm like, what's <laughs> keeping me up at night? How oh, am I going to pay the bills? No. Um, I, so let's just go. Okay. One, our husbands mm-hmm. are incredible. Both of our husbands um, are very smart, very successful in their careers. Mina's husband is a pharmacist. Um, mm-hmm. who has now transitioned to being a full-time product boss after being He's a f- still
0: a licensed pharmacist, though, so he could yeah. go back at any time. He keeps up with his continued education. And but he was the worker. breadwinner. Yeah, he was a frontline worker. Um, during 2020, I was a teacher at that time, too, <laughs> a.k.a. teacher. I was not. It was that my kids were home, home and school. it was very hard. Parent. <laughs> yeah, parents at home while well, the teachers actually taught. So I'm not going to take that away from them because that was very difficult. Um, And then my husband is working now full-time in low Labels, but he's still a licensed pharmacist. But he was the breadwinner for pretty much our entire marriage until um, the product boss came along.
1: Yeah. So we'll just call him doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then my husband plays a doctor on TV. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So my husband's an actor, um, famous Broadway actor, as well as TV and film actor. Um, He actually literally just got... Done with an NCIS episode. It did Aaron May where he played a doctor on TV. Oh, gosh.
0: I have to go on Hulu and look
1: for him. Yeah. So, I think it came out May 8th. So, NCIS. May 8th? It's not May 8th yet. In the time that this is airing, it is.
0: <laughs> okay. Go on.
1: I was like, I can't go have watch. Have you learned nothing in all the years of podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> so, go watch, everybody. It's on NCIS. Yeah, catch a a recording. He plays the doctor. So, Mm -hmm. um, So both of our husbands are extremely successful. Now, I think with the product boss doing really well, Mina and I, you know, the levels in which this business has grown have really created this thing that's like, there's no cap. There's no... Like oh you make X amount as a pharmacist and that's kind of all you make right? There's mm-hmm. no there's no cap to the salary because we're entrepreneurs and all of you that own your but own no businesses. cap to the impact either. I think that him as right. a
0: pharmacist, even as a frontline worker, his impact was local, you know, to his cu- his clients and customers. Like he still talks about his pharmacy clients. It was difficult for him, of course, you know, because it's like he sees them pass away or whatever else, you know. But I do think that our impact is global. And you can even see the variance of that too.
1: Yeah, but I'm trying, you know, I think the idea here though is that um, we didn't mean to become the breadwinners, but the amount of the the, the growth in which this business has grown, we Mm -hmm. became the breadwinners, but we also changed our lives generationally, right? Like we created lives that we couldn't even imagine. So the question is, is what's it like being the breadwinner? And I think we both have very different, perspectives to this because we have very Mm -hmm. different relationships. So my husband is, it's like feast or famine as an actor. You're either working or you're not, right? You're either trying to get the job or you've got Mm -hmm. the job. So there's like, you've got the job and it's great, or you don't have the job and you're trying to get the next job. So that's sort of always been our relationship since we met. So, and I've always had consistent as an entrepreneur through both of my businesses has been, well, what's the base that I need to make so that it's safe? So that if James works, great excess, we've got money we could save now. Or if he doesn't, okay, this is just how do we pay our bills? How do we keep our kids in school? Like, How do we keep doing stuff? And you made your money through client work. Right. right, Through designer Mm -hmm. consulting co-op, my other business that I've had since 2007. So that's sort of been, I've considered myself the breadwinner, but we've gotten into like some spats because he's like, I make X a year. And Mm -hmm. because he is like you, he doesn't have the concern over money the way I would. And this comes from trauma of childhood. And so I'd always be like, but you know, I have to keep doing it because if you don't work, I have to keep doing it. So there's been a stressor there of me feeling the stress of being a breadwinner. Mm -hmm. I worked on it a lot, like mindset and life coach and all that. So now it feels easier, even though he's not currently working. But it took a really long time because it was somewhat of like a pissing match. It felt like a little yeah,
0: I don't think I've ever seen. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it that way because I always didn't have money. So for me, it was like when I was in college, I would have to sell blood, I would sell CDs, you know, like I would have my financial aid, but only got me so far. Um, I would, you know, have jobs and stuff like that, but it never felt like enough. And so while I was stressed about money, it was like I've never had any money. And so when I married my husband, he had his pharmacy degree and I was doing um, graphic design and it was client work as well. But it was for big businesses like a bank and a car dealership and things like that. And agencies, I would do overflow work. And so I always knew I would make a certain amount of money, anywhere from forty dollars to $60,000. So I would fill up my time because this is time for time where I'm going in and working a certain amount of time. And um, I would make I always knew, okay, I I don't want to be making, uh, I don't want to be working 40 hours, but I want to be working 30. And if I can make, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60,000, that was my contribution to the household. So it wasn't that I wasn't contributing, it was that he was making a lot more because he worked full time as a retail pharmacist. And so um, during that time, though, that gave me the room to be a creative. Like he always refers to me as the, the creative of our relationship. And for me, that always felt like I had the ability and the potential to make money, and also I always had the intention of becoming the breadwinner. So while you said that you didn't, yeah, of course, my whole idea of of starting the you know the product business, low labels, was to retire him. I didn't know that Mm. he would eventually you know, and that was for him too. We were always we always knew that we were going to be financially free. That meant not working for other people. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know that that would mean me leaving, you know, um, my graphic design or, or, you know, client work. Um, but I knew it was going to be something else, and so that's what ended up happening. It ha- it took seven years, but it, we are in the same place, and it actually took the the product boss versus low labels now. If I had spent that time focusing on little labels, potentially that would have been the way instead, right? That I would I have think been 100% the breadwinner. It would have been, yeah. And then he would have eventually been able to retire. It just took us longer because the product boss has taken over our lives in a lot of ways, yours and <laughs> mine, you know. But I always knew that we were not going to be. I never wanted to work for anybody else. That's why I became an entrepreneur. Was by default. I became an entrepreneur, had to figure out how to make money because I've always had to learn how to, I've always had to make my own money. I forged signatures, you know, for my parents to even get financial aid, you know? So I always knew like when I graduated, how am I going to pay back these loans? You know, all that sort of thing. And so being the breadwinner to me feels like very natural in a way that we, it did happen, but. My husband works for Low Labels, which is our business together, but I created that. I made it initially what it was. And being the breadwinner just feels like a byproduct of, of that, I guess. You know? Yeah. Hey, friends. It's podcast recommendation time. This month, we've been loving the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, hosted by marketing expert John Jantz. He is such a genius when it comes to marketing. If you haven't listened to his podcast yet, he shares many insightful marketing tips, strategies, and resources for small business owners and marketers like you. It'll help keep your business growing. I like that he does it in a way that's both easy to understand and entertaining. He recently did an episode about AI tools, which we are obsessed. And you can use it as sort of research assistance to enhance what you're already doing, coming up with ideas and creating powerful marketing strategies, which we all know we could use more ease in our lives, right? It's a really interesting episode. He definitely knows how to open your mind up to new ways of doing things involving marketing and business strategies. Definitely give it a listen. Listen to Duct Tape Marketing, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey Product Boss, okay, this is for you. The other day, we got a message from Lolly asking us if we had a referral for a great inventory management software to help track raw goods and on-hand products that were ready to sell. And you know what we told Lolly? We sure do. Not only do we have a resource for inventory management software, but we have over 308 other business tools and resources that will help you effectively run your product-based business. Now, this ranges from packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools, and so much more. You will have everything you need to grow your dream product business today and at no cost to you. Yep, this is totally free and you can download the product boss ultimate resource guide right now by heading to the product slash resource guide. Again, that's the product slash resource guide. Now back to the show.
2: I'm Nicole and my business is boozu baby handmade creations. I make functional and fashionable clothing and accessories for kids and adults. Uh, my bestseller is my t-shirt dresses that I have been making since 2020. Um, and since joining Multi Stream Machine, I think for me the I, I found Jacqueline and Nina through a free workshop at uh, Probably back in 2021. And I participated in a few free ones since then. Um, started listening to their podcast, binged the entire series, um, and uh, joined Multi Stream Machine in fall of 2022 because my business kind of ran into a few hiccups after the pandemic and you know things ebbed and flowed. And uh, really for me, what multi stream Machine has given me is the confidence to know what I need to do for my business to be successful and actionable steps that I can take to reach my goals.
1: And I don't think I ever said in my head, I want to be the breadwinner. What I did say is I wanted to be financially independent. I never, for me growing up, and this is different than you, I never wanted to rely on a man
2: Mm-hmm. for money.
1: So, for, and it, so I guess I was saying I wanted to be the breadwinner, but it, it, I didn't know that it was in partnership. So I just knew the way my, when I grew up, my mom couldn't leave my dad. She had five kids in an abusive relationship and she couldn't leave because she had five kids. And she's like, I have five kids. I have no way to, to make money for you guys and take care of you. So she stayed in this 30 years too long. And I just grew up thinking there's no way ever I'm ever going to be stuck in something like this. I will always have my own money. So I think that independence is what drove me into wanting to go to college because you and I are both the first to go to college in our families to make my own money, to be successful. I don't know that I thought I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I think it was always destined. And then I guess for me, the maybe the whole, what I was saying earlier with us is that I had never had it modeled of what it would look like in partnership. So Mm -hmm. me being the breadwinner or my not- me not wanting to rely on him for money almost created this probably tension versus what could this look like as partnership and also be know that I can make money from nothing, know that I can create businesses. So for all of you listening, you've already created one business. You can always come up with another business if one doesn't work and do Mm -hmm. it again and do it again. Because the special tool that we have, especially Mina and I, is that we've created multiple businesses and made money every single time. So I think let's transition to what's it like being the breadwinner in our family, Mm -hmm. right? Because even where we are now, we have multi-million dollar business. We both have two businesses each. Our husbands are kind of thriving and doing what they want to do. They're both living out their Mm -hmm. dreams. Like Your husband doesn't have to go to a a pharmacy anymore. My husband can lean into his art and take the jobs, but not have to go become a waiter to be able to pay for our family. So it actually has... Given us opportunities that we wouldn't have nece- necessarily had before.
0: Yeah, I think for me, as long as I know, I, it feels good to be the breadwinner. But I think that the part that it feels like a little bit like hiccups come up is when I lose sight of what his version of not being the breadwinner looks like, too. Mm. So, for example, I always like to know we're on the same page. For him, that security and responsibility—he's a firstborn Asian male. He has a pharma- He has a doctorate degree. He was born in a refugee camp. So him letting that go feels, in a way, like what we're not supposed to be doing. So for him, he needs and wants that security. So as long as I can pay for our retirement funds, um, the kids, ret- um, you know— what is that called? Um, 529s or yeah. whatever. Um, as well, Yeah, as well as like our financial, you know, wealth generationally, all these different things that he needed me to do in order to feel safe that kind of made me become the breadwinner. So he was not going to leave his retail pharmacy job until that was the bare minimum of what I could do on a consistent basis. And I was just like, okay. It wasn't like that was the thing that was motivating me either. It was just like, okay, the timeline is the timeline whatever. But I get it. I get it that we need that and that we need retirement and we need, um, you know, investment money and we need. um, I'm just
1: laughing because we're married to exact opposite humans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, once I did that and he sees it on a consistent basis, then I'm like, okay. And then for him, then he can go fishing as he wants or buy what he wants or whatever. But he's working too. He works at low labels. You know, he just gets to work from home. So being the breadwinner for me feels like something that feels like just checking the boxes in a way. Like, okay, I am the breadwinner. I don't know if I describe myself that way, to be honest. Like, I think that's like the word that you said, where it's like, I don't know if breadwinner, but I knew that I would be working for myself. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know if entrepreneur is what I thought it was like. It was just like, I'm working at home by myself, you know? And so I think that that's where I see it is that I like— that I'm able to get on the same page as him and understand what his version of quote-unquote success is for me and him being together and building this life together. So Mm -hmm. it's like that life of being financially free, of having still investment money, of having still our kids being able to go to college if they want to, and also being able to not worry for me being the breadwinner feels great because I don't want ever, I could never budget. That was like, even when, you know, when I'm telling you stories of I never had money, well, I never learned to budget. I never even understood how to save my money, which is why I would end up having to give a plasma for $30 and sell CDs for $20 or whatever, sell back my books, you know, whenever I was like really in a pinch, you know? So, I think that now I never learned that skill set. So it's kind of working to my advantage now. I'm breadwinner because I'm good at making money. And I don't like to budget.
1: We have conversations (laughs) with our CFO. And they're always like, well, you can cut back. And we're like, no, we'll go make more money. (laughs) No, I'm not good at
0: cutting back. It feels not like. sure
1: what that means. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, teach their own. But um yeah, and so I think for me being the, the the breadwinner is that I actually do think, and I'll like it was very stressful. So mm-hmm. as younger people, and my expectation on my husband, because kind of maybe flipped a little. Um, I loved having a career. I loved working, and he was the artist, right? The artiste, mm-hmm. as you say. But it. did he
0: have like part-time jobs? Because like I would work as like a cashier or um, you know at famous bar. I don't know if you had that out there, but it's like Yonkers. I it would do it for two jobs. Like I had my full-time no. job and work at night, and then when I wasn't doing that, I would, had to go to school at night. He never my MBA. needed
1: to work to pay bills because fortunately, he was never for that him, waiter that was. An actor? he was a bartender when I met him when we were like 23 24 oh, wow. but, it, but I don't think that it was um it was like a morning bartending job at the farmers market where you and I went mm-hmm. and I don't think it was to pay rent if that makes sense like oh, or if okay he, I I don't know that I so he wasn't like he needs to have that job he didn't need it. He yeah. worked, but he didn't ever need it. He didn't ever feel like, I need to do this to pay the bills. And that's honestly something that was one of our biggest fights because it was kind of like, because the thing is, is like how he was raised was that his parents were like, every nothing is going to stand in your way. We're going to support you and getting you to being mm-hmm. of excellence as an actor, which he did. I mean, starring on Broadway, very few yeah. people become stars, right, on Broadway. So he really was in pursuit of that. And, and what I talked to my therapist about a lot of times was that I never had the safety net. Yeah. He had nobody to catch me. So I had to keep going. He has a safety net of his family. And so he could do what he needed to do when he needed to do it. Now, having two people married with very different perspectives of money and safety um, mm-hmm. was a bit of a conflict. And so, and I was not making enough money to reach my dreams, even though I helped, you know, I was I've <laughs> I've been the one that's financed actually both of our houses that we've bought. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one on the loan. Um, which I'm really proud of, right? They're like, it's not my husband. When we refinance, we like, can we talk to your husband? I was like, nope, you could talk to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think things like that are, are cool. But now that, I mean, we've been together for 19 years. We've worked a lot. We talked about this a little bit on our partnership episode. Um, now that this is like, this business is beautiful and it's, um, not as stressful because you and I have grown this into something that doesn't keep us up at night. Like we save our money for taxes. Like we make the money we need to make. We hire. Now we know what we didn't know. Yeah. We've been in (laughs) business. You and I have also been in business probably for like 19 years. So we've Mm -hmm. grown up as business owners and we've grown up in relationship with our, with our spouses. And now it feels really good because now I'm like, that pressure for me. And this is how we started this episode. We were like, what? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that keeps me up about being the breadwinner. So I, <laughs> Feels so I, nice. Thanks for asking. Lovely. <laughs> so I think for me, the last two decades, you know, I was really stressed and I wish I did have a different perspective to it. But that was all coming from my own scarcity and my own trauma. They say what's historical is hysterical. And it might have been easier had I had worked on mindset, but we all go on our own journeys. So, now being the breadwinner doesn't feel as much pressure to me because what's beautiful about this is he supports me and you. He, he gets all of our emails. Yesterday, we talked about this as a team. And like, wait, he signed up to our email list. like hey, He reads
0: them. <laughs> Poor James getting all of our emails with the rest of you. It's
1: like, that was a good subject line. Um, <laughs> but then I'm able to support his dream because I think one of the things is like we're both supporting each other and fulfilling our destinies. Mm-hmm. And his will pay off when it does but he has a different kind of destiny in his art. And he's a fantastic father, which I didn't have. So watching him ra- like raise our kids and be with our kids. And this was my destiny to be a business owner, to make my own money, to be independent of the world, to dream as big as I want and to like pursue it and have fun while doing it with you. So I think now, now it feels less pressure. Sometimes when things feel hard, it would be nice have had extra help, but then you have to weigh out all the things that we wouldn't have. My kids wouldn't have their dad around a lot, right? Like Mm -hmm. someone else would have to pick them up from school. Um, I have to tell my kids all the time, like, you know, parents go to work. Like you guys are really lucky that we're here. Yeah. So yeah. So I think now for me, and so anyone that is thinking about being the breadwinner, I know this is like really candid. A lot of it's like, our own mindset, right? It's how you operate. It's not necessarily the other person. And what you feel
0: responsible to. Like I I do, that does keep me up at night. Is more so I feel things are like looming that I need to do in the product boss. And, you know, it's like, I'm responsible to that, you know? But he also was, was responsible in the pharmacy for counting you know, pills and being super accurate and all those sort of things. So I think that it feels better now. um, But being the breadwinner, is like, you're going to have to work in this world. And we get to do what we want to do in a lot of different ways. There's going to be a mix of good times and bad times, but you're right that you are supporting what he does, and he gets to live that life and continue it. And he's supporting um, and, what I do. Yeah, and he's supporting what you do, and same with me, right? Like my husband actually feels the ability to be financially free, and he his version is not to his version of dream life isn't like acting like like James is. His is like to go fishing whenever he wants to, or do family things, or vacation, or but at the same time, build up our retirement and things that are feel like very safe in that, you know? So I think that that's his version of dream life, you know? And so I think that's the thing that we're taking into account here. And I think the best advice that we can give it to you is that what is it like being the breadwinner? It's great. And the best advice that we can give you is to take into account your part, every single one of your partners in this life, um, whether it be a business partner or a spouse, what their version of the dream life is too.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think the con the conversations and check-ins to make sure that it's not a power, it's not a power dynamic, right? It's not about having some sort of power dynamic with each other. It's the idea of like this, you're still James and I, and you and Bacon are still in partnership with each other. So it's, how do we just operate in life in partnership? And it's not one versus the other. It's not power versus not having power. It's,
0: and not forcing
1: idea. them to call you the breadwinner, maybe. Or <laughs> um, What What about captain? Captain. I, I, captain. <laughs> or boss. You just call me boss. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, and I think that's the thing. Like, continuously convert And then saying, what does your dream like life look like? What are mm-hmm. we all living this life for yeah, together? and we're in a partnership? team. Yeah, we're a team. Mina and I are a team. Our, with our spouses, we're a team. We're in partnership to live this life to its fullest. Our contributions, being breadwinners, is yielding that. Think, Look at Sarah Blakely. Her mm-hmm. husband's running marathons all over the place, right? Yeah, and she,
0: but he also does coaching of his own, too. Yeah, you know. yeah.
1: But I'm just saying that, like, he, for a long time, like, he found his own passion. And how do we build a life together? And this life has to be funded by somewhere or something or someone. But how do we do it, right? So this has been a fun episode. Keep asking us questions over on the gram as kids call it.
0: (laughs) Do it for the gram. (laughs) Ask us questions.
1: (laughs) And um, make sure to follow the show if you haven't already. They used to call it subscribe. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a positive review for the podcast. It helps us with our show and also reaching more people in more places. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.